Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 95.7 The Game presents Warriors World Radio. Featuring the one and only Andy Liu. Grow up. Yeah, you, grow up. And Sam Esfandiari. So, who are you? Why do I got to talk to you? This is Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, Warriors World Radio. We're renaming it this week, though, Sam. We're going Niners World Radio. We're switching Niners! it up. <laughs> switching it up because, I mean... What you, a game. Did you see that? Was, it, was there a Niners game today? Is there, there a big game? Is, is that the game of the season? Yeah. Game game of, I think, probably one of the greatest Niners, Niners games I've ever watched in my life. For a regular season game, I mean, I thought the Monday night game against Seattle, yeah. even though that didn't come out good for the Niners, was one of the, the craziest games of the season. This definitely topped that. And it doesn't hurt that the home team won. They went into, so the Niners, they won 48 uh, 46 on the road. That was the craziest part. I had a few friends that actually made the trip to New Orleans because I've never been, but apparently it's a great place to, to eat and party and, and drink. Apparently, I, I had no idea. Uh, so I hear. But they said it was, they, they, they couldn't even hear uh, coming out of the stadium after the game. Uh, ears ringing. It's like going to a concert where you're right next to the speakers. Um, incredible atmosphere. I think somebody after the game had said, Jeff Garcia after the game said, he's never heard it that loud before uh, when he played on the Niners uh, when he was in the NFL. So the fact that the Niners went in there, Sam, and, and decided to really just abuse one of the better defenses in the NFL. One of the best teams. Matchup of two and two teams fighting for that one seed. We'll keep you updated, by the way, on the Seattle Rams game. Currently, the Rams are up. Um, obviously, Rams win today puts the Niners in the number one seed in the NFC again. If you want to join our show, 888-957-9570, or you can text the Chilton Auto Body text line, 957-95. Um, we're going to have Grant Cohn, Niners beat writer for Santa Rosa Press Democrat, uh, after the break around 7, 6.15, and then we've got Kevin Jones, founder of Blue Wire, host of Striking Goat Podcast uh, in the 7 o'clock hour. So we're going full Niners uh, on a team, you know, noted Raiders fan, Sam Esfendiari, not a fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. I just wanted to start not, there. Not Is a fan elite, of Jimmy. Sam? Porn star Jimmy. <laughs> Feels great, baby. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a double. Nice. Is he elite? Is he elite? Is he a top 10 quarterback now? You know, I don't know. I don't even know that it matters, but <laughs> l- let's focus on what happened today. I don't think it's hard to say this was Jimmy's best game as a 49er. In fact, let's throw a poll. Was this Jimmy Garoppolo's best game as a 49er yet? He started, what, 22, 23 games so far? Short career, obviously the ACL tear. The first few weeks of the season, he looked like a guy who came just off of a season that he missed with a knee injury. But I think the most encouraging sign with him is he's gotten better every week. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And... This week, he finally got put in a situation where they needed him to yep. 
come from behind against an elite team, and he did it. I, I don't know about you, but yep. when when they gave the ball away and when Debo ran out of bounds and gave the ball back to the Saints, yep. I'm watching that and I'm thinking, oh, it's over. They're about to blow this game, and it's going to be the third game against an elite team that they lose that, quite frankly, was a toss-up game. And then he comes back and they win the game. And quite frankly, to me, the player of the game was George Kittle. I can you smell <laughs> what the nuns? Oh, touch him. You watch George Kittle, and I tweeted this out. It, that guy, he looks like a killer <laughs> in, in a good way now, right? Uh, but he looks like someone, he just, it, it's not like he's He like, looks like every coaching cliche of he's a football player, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Exactly. And before that catch, that 39-yard catch down the sideline, he really only had like maybe five catches for 30 yards. He had the big touchdown, um, but everybody had a touchdown that game. But th- that... It wasn't. I mean, it was a tough throw. Um, it's just an out route. Um, but when he the he dragged three Saints, had the ball in his left hand coming down the sideline, and while he's getting the, face masked, while getting face masked. Um, and let's keep in mind, he's not only one of the fastest tight ends in the league, if not the fastest, because you watch him and you watch Travis Kelsey, who who played after uh, against the Patriots, and you're just like Kelsey can't move, not compared to this guy. Um, he has a broken bone in his ankle that he's playing through. Also, it's like he's incredibly It's allegedly tough. healed. How it gets healed in two weeks, I don't know. Football Mir- players. Miracles of modern medicine. <laughs> um, you're right. You're right. It, to me, it's not even a debate that he's the best tight end in the NFL. I think the debate that we're going for is, is he the best non-quarterback in the NFL? So you're talking, you're talking offensive players only, right? Offensive players yeah, only. So you're talking like running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Is he the best all-around football player? Because if you asked me that a couple weeks ago, I'd be like, okay, he's probably the best tight end, but come on. Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, yep. Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins. like They're a different level. But I think I'm coming around on your point because none of those guys are, imp- are as important to the running game as he is. I mean, they showed the next-gen stat during the game. Niners run for 3.4 yards without Kittle and 5.1 yards with Kittle. Ooh. You saw random plays where they keep him in to block. Why you would keep in your best receiver to block? I mean, it's a function of them needing extra blockers because their O-line's been banged up for the better part of the season. But just speaks to his versatility and just all the things he does that go beyond the impressive reception and yard numbers. Yeah, you've got. I mean, you you talk about McCaffrey and who who's a great pass catcher Video and a game runner. Numbers. Yeah, ridiculous. Probably one of the greatest fantasy, actually the greatest fantasy season of all time. I think he was on on pace for. Um, but you talk about DeAndre Hopkins and then you watch you know Michael Thomas play. Uh, but I think the point is that he's not only a great pass catcher he commands double teams which you know all great receivers do but he's also commanding the run game so he's also the reason why Matt Breida and Raheem he's not the sole reason but he's one of the bigger reasons why those guys that run game is pretty much unstoppable that zone blocking scheme that Kyle Shanahan loves so he pretty much affects the game no matter what right like regardless of whether you call a run play or a pass play or a trick play George Kittle is pretty much the focus of that you can even go back to the Seattle game I think we were talking about this before we were on air. Clowney was basically the player of the game for Seattle, and they barely won the game. 
Kittle didn't play that game. Mm-hmm. I've not seen a player in Jimmy G's face, a defensive player in his face, the whole game like Clowney was that game. And it's hard to look at it and not wonder what if Kittle played in that game. Yeah. I mean, this. I mean, if, if that game, you, you count that. By the by way, the Rams, Rams up 14-3, to three, so... That's looking good for the Niners. Yeah, the Jared Goff playing at home that that usually works out uh, for the Rams at least at least so far in his career. Um, but I, your point on Kittle, I, I'm with that. I, I think he is one of one of the best, if not the best, uh, non QB uh, in the NFL. I do want I, I do want to kind of break down Jimmy Garoppolo's game because that last drive, you know, before that last drive, he was spectacular. That last drive, he had a few kind of bad throws, and then he had that out route to Kittle, who did the rest of the work. But it is not a small feat in that environment with his starting center out pretty much for the last quarter of the game, Reston Richburg, who looks like, I mean, it looks like he might be done for the season. Um, but I think he showed the ability four to... T- four touchdowns. I mean, anytime you put 48 points on the board, throw four touchdowns, pulling it up right now, 349 uh-huh. yards, very hard to be critical of a performance like that. It was I great, mean, baby. He went toe-to-toe with Drew Brees. That's all you need to know. The text line from the 510 is going, player of the game, Jimmy G. He yeah. made the big throws when he needed it the most. Massive throws. That tells me, I mean, all season, the Niners' defense was the one that was carrying the team. Now the Niners' defense is it, it just, there's too many injuries now, and they're playing a lot of great teams in a row here, so they've struggled a little bit. They finally hit a wall. Yeah, a little bit. Yep, yep. So they'll, they'll need to get some guys healthy. Hopefully Sherman's okay. D Ford, you know, we'll, we'll see, but... Essentially, the ceiling is that quarterback. That's the ceiling of every team, though. Every team's ceiling is their quarterback. It's like how far he can take you, right? Um, this, this game today, because it's not at home, and it's not that the Niners jumped out to like a 21-3 lead like they did against the Packers, that essentially tells me that they can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. And here's the, here's the biggest point. He did have one pick, although mm-hmm. I think most people would say that was probably more on the receiver than him. Mm-hmm. He got sacked, was it four times? Yeah. It was loud in there. He's kind of had a problem with fumbling it when he gets yes. hit. Did not fumble it once today. And the Dome is known for false starts mm-hmm. and miscommunication. I didn't see any of that today. I mean, the Saints dialed up the pressure, particularly in the second half. They were blitzing. They were bringing bodies up the middle, particularly when, when yeah. um, Richburg was out. And it didn't affect him. That was... To me, that was the bigger deal than the numbers because we've seen him throw 350 yards yeah. in the past. We know, we know if if it's a if it's that type of game plan, he can put the yards up. Yeah, yeah. Context matters, right? It's not like you watch someone like Dak Prescott, who's you know probably in the same realm as Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd say they're about the same. Um, uh, Dak, Dak could use Kyle <laughs> Correct, correct, correct. That's why I'm saying maybe Dak's maybe Dak's better. Um, but you, you look at the context of their numbers because Dak threw over 300 yards and a couple touchdowns, but the way Jimmy G does it, as, at least today, was incredible. Jo- Joe Staley, you made a great point before we jumped on here. Joe Staley, Mike McGlinchey, um, really good run blockers. Yeah, really good run blockers, but pass protection not as, not as great. And um, I'm willing to – I mean, they both missed a significant amount of time sure, with sure. injuries. That, that O-line, how many games have they been healthy together all year? What, like three, yeah. four, something like Richburg's that? Time. So it's been inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, but it is what it is, too. They haven't exactly... Staley hasn't been up to his standards. McGlinchey was better last year. Um, all of this points to the fact that, you know, Jimmy isn't getting the perfect situation in passing in passing downs. 
Yeah. Um, so we've got a full show. We, we'll head to break here. We've got Grant Cohen coming back on to talk about the Niners. Uh, Kevin Jones at the 7 o'clock hour. You are listening to, well, Warriors War Radio talking about the Niners on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Espandiari. I, I like this beat. I don't this I don't know this one. I like this one. Miners World Radio, Andy Lou, Sam is Fendiari. Some, somebody wants to somebody in the text line saying they want to egg the egg our car, Sam. Just we just get the people text, going every week. Text line's always the nicest. Yeah, it's always the best. Feels if, great, baby. If you do want to text, then you can text in the Chilton Autobuy text line nine five seven nine five. Call it eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Uh, we've got Grant Cohn. Wow, we've got Grant Cohn, <laughs> dial pad guest line on to talk about the Niner from the uh, the Niners from the Santa Rosa Press Democrat. Democrat. Wow, it is long day. Andy, were you tailgating? <laughs> uh, Grant, how you doing, man? Hey, that was me texting in saying I'm going to egg your car. You better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said I said Jimmy G was an elite quarterback before this, so I mean, I, I believe that maybe that was you. Yo, no, if you say stuff like that around me, you're going to get it, man. <laughs> um, so we have your article in front of us. Uh, that game was one of the, I, I would say, th- one of the best, if not the best Niners regular season game that we've seen, at least in my lifetime. Uh, how about you? Yeah, it's in the discussion, right? Like, all of a sudden, I'm thinking of the 21-14 to 14 win over the Dallas Cowboys in 1994 uh-huh. when the Cowboys were like, three-time defending Super Bowl champions, and he figured, like, I mean, I was six years old, but I remember thinking when I was six, this team has what it takes. Now I've seen enough. And then in 2012, when the Niners beat New England in New England, that was a pretty big deal Anytime you beat New England. I think this game would be right up there with those games. Yes. All right, Grant. um, You mentioned in your article you think this was Jimmy's best game. Um, I think everyone would agree with you on that point. I guess my question for you is now Now we've seen him play three elite teams. They could have won all three of those games, uh, but they finally won this one against the Saints with Jimmy playing easily his best game. What is your confidence level with Jimmy G as a starting quarterback going to the playoffs with them? It's rising. A couple of weeks ago it wasn't so high. When he, was, when he committed those fumbles against the Seahawks, I'm thinking, see, that's going to be the thing that stops the Niners this year. But he didn't. he was really mature today. He played like he was... 33 or 34 when he got sacked he would keep two hands on the ball he even threw the ball away which is something you really don't see from him very much a lot of times he plays like he's 23 I mean if he can play like that consistently you'd figure the Niners are like the hands down favorites to win the Super Bowl and going into New to New Orleans and winning in that environment in, in that with that noise in that dome you figure there's no team the Niners can't beat and there's they can go anywhere and beat any team anytime but the one thing I would say is you mentioned three elite teams. Were you con- were you did you consider the Packers or the Seahawks that third? Seahawks. <laughs> okay, I agree with you there. Because I think the Packers, we thought it was going to be a huge test, but the Niners really dismissed them and now they're like a lower a, a lower tier team. Yeah, I'm with you on that. They're they're a solid team, but they just yeah. don't see them on the same level as the other three I mentioned. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The so George Kittle, a little quiet. Um, in in terms of kind of the splash plays before the last one there, me and Sam, are, we've been talking before the last break. 
Is George Kittle the best non-quarterback offensive player in the NFL? Oh, man. <laughs> now, now we say this. We say this oh, because – Yeah, we say this because of the run blocking, that the numbers that – um, that the Niners put up when he is, you know, when he's when he actually plays the way that they can run, and then of course the double teams that he's drawing in pass. You coming. can make the argument absolutely, but just to be argumentative, I'm going to say no, and I'm going to say that he's not even the best non-quarterback on the 49ers. I'm still, I know a lot of people don't feel this way anymore, but I still feel that DeForest Buckner is the best player on the team. I think he's the most underrated player in the wow. league, and his, his numbers are down a little bit this year, but if if you really get into like the coach's tape and slow it down, it's because he's kind of being sacrificed. He's like the Jesus Christ of the defensive line. He's taking the double team so everyone else gets singled up, which is, I mean, noble of him. And he's probably, it's probably going to cost him a little bit of money, but when you watch how hmm. offenses treat him and how they make sure to double him every single play, I think that really shows you what they think of him. I still think he's the best, but I, Kittle would have to be top five. Yeah, in Warriors World Land here, somebody that draws double teams and sacrifices, we call that Steph Curry. So, no, that we, that, will, that will make sense. <laughs> like well, you're talking about the D-line, so I'm curious about this. They, you know, they, they were the best defense, you know, kind of going into the first eight, nine weeks of the season. Since then, I mean, injuries and whatnot. But their pass rush just kind of isn't there the last few games. So do you attribute that to, is it all D-Ford? Is it just kind of, are they running to a wall? Are they tired? What, what do you kind of attribute that to? I think what made them so – it's a combination. I think what made them so great the first half of the year was they had four guys that all needed to be – that all basically commanded double teams, and you can only double team one. And having four made it really impossible to block any of them. Now you take D Ford out and you only have three. Now you can really concentrate on Bosa and Buckner at the same time. You can double Buckner, and you can chip – you can send an extra tight end or an extra running back at Bosa and kind of take care of the two main threats. And that worked, but then Eric Armstead was really hurting teams. It seems like, and I'm just sort of speculating, but with Bosa, he said he's never played more than 12 games in a year. Uh, a lot of times there's a thing called a rookie wall in football where these guys have just never played 15, 16, 17 games, and it's, new, it's a shock to their bodies. I think there's probably a little bit of that with, with Bosa going on. And I think another thing is that the Saints are just really, really hard. They make it really hard to sack Drew Brees. Every team has a tough time sacking him. And I thought the Niners' D-line actually played pretty well today. I thought Nick Bosa had mm. an excellent game against the run, against the pass. It's just when the quarterback throws the ball in 1.76 seconds, it's tough. Well, let's take it to the coaches. I think um, most people would, would say Kyle, Kyle Shanahan and Sean Payton are the two best or two of the best play callers in the league. I, I, I want you to walk me through what you saw from both of them, both of them, and who you thought got the better today. Yeah, I, I thought Shanahan got the better of them. I thought they both were their game plans were fantastic. They're perfect. Their game plans. They were both attacking each other's the other team's weaknesses relentlessly. But the difference in the game I thought was early. Sean Payton went for two in the first quarter. They were winning. It was thirteen seven, and he went for two. And to me, that. That was an indication that he didn't think his team was as good as the Niners, that he needed to do some tricky stuff to win that game. They didn't get the two-point conversion. And then they were chasing that point the rest of the game. They had to go for two later in the game, didn't get that. Right. And I thought that was two cl like, clear examples of him mismanaging the game uh, in ways that, that Kyle Shanahan didn't. And that cost them the game. They lost by two because they didn't get two two-point conversions. And really, at the end, if they had just 
kick that uh, that extra point right. in the first quarter, the Niners would have had to go for a touchdown on the final drive to win the game rather than a field goal. So I think you could really argue with, in a close game, Sean Payton blinked and Kyle Shanahan didn't, which is amazing because I, I have nothing but respect for Sean Payton. I think he's the best offensive coach in the league. And for Kyle Shanahan to go into his house and, and out-coach him is uh, a huge coming-of-age moment for Kyle, who needed one. He's been really waiting for one since he blew the Super Bowl a few years ago. It's huge for him. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, Kyle, yeah, Kyle Shanahan, he's always, one of the few games, though, I, I did feel like, hey, it, it was, you know, Kyle Shanahan threw out a great scheme, but Jimmy Garoppolo also, it wasn't all a scheme okay. thing. You know, he, he was also, he had the little roll into his left, Kendrick Bourne, he had that little flick pass into the end zone where I was like, hmm, like that's... Yep. That that looked good. That that's a that's a Super Bowl type of type of play. We've got Grant Cohn, a Niners beat writer for Santa Rosa Press Democrat. I is it me or does it feel like the Niners are dealing with a lot more injuries? You know, maybe not not a lot more than other teams, but just at at some point, you're not going to be able to withstand all of this. Western Richburg looks like he's not gonna he's going to be out for a while. Um, how does that affect kind of the offensive line and? I mean, the secondary is all banged up now. So how how much longer? How much can they withstand all of this? They take right. Yeah. No, I, I. It's really interesting because it seems like every player's playing through an injury, from Richard Sherman to Joe Staley. It seems like they're all sucking it up because they know they have a Super Bowl window. With Ben Garland, I mean, Western Richburg went down. You're thinking, oh, this is one they can't. This is one they can't weather. But they've weathered every single injury this year. They, they've handled injuries to Staley and McGlinchey. And when Richburg went down, the backup, Ben Garland, came in and was making a bunch of nice blocks mm-hmm. down the field. I, you guys weren't at, at training camp, so most people wouldn't know this little nugget. But Richburg was out all offseason. He didn't participate in training camp. Garland was the starting center. So he got a lot of reps with the starters in camp and in preseason. He's not as good as Richburg, but at least he's ready. I'm curious to see about Richard Sherman. He's been unable to finish the last couple of games, and he's really – playing a terrific year for a 31-year, for any quarter, for any cornerback. He's doing a really, really heroic job, but it seems like his body's starting to break down a little bit. And curious to see what he, what they get from him moving uh, down the stretch or if they're going to have to rely on Emmanuel Mosley and Akella Witherspoon. Mosley looks terrific, but Witherspoon did give up a touchdown catch at the end, and it seems like he's still working back gradually from the foot sprain that kept him out a couple of months. So the Rams are currently up 40, 14 to three, um, which would give the if that held would give the Niners the number one seed in the NFC. My question for you is: How much do you think this team needs home field? Every team wants it, but how much do they absolutely need it to get through the NFC? I don't think they absolutely need it. I think if there's any team in the league that can be a wild card team and run the table, uh, it's the Niners. That being said, I think it would increase their probability of winning, making the Super Bowl so much. And they need to basically approach the rest of the season. Like, like it's, there's no choice. They have to get that. They have to get that bye week. So I I don't think they need it, but I think if they don't have it, they would go into the playoffs thinking maybe it's a coin flip, whether or not they win the Super Bowl, as opposed to if they're the number one seed, you'd think, man, they've got like an 80 to 90, an 80% chance to win it. Yeah, that, or at least to make it. That would be huge. They've been great at home this season. Kind of that that Packers game was incredible, where they just came Ooh. out here and just. I mean, that's Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> where they just said, "Well, yeah, you're not a contender. We're just gonna, we're just, we're just gonna end this." Real not quick. just that you're not a contender. It's like you should retire tomorrow. <laughs> you look old and terrible. Yeah. Like, no one cares that we didn't draft you 15 years ago. <laughs> Get over it. We have Jimmy Garoppolo now. See ya. That was that was amazing. 
Yeah, that that was uh, that was a statement game, and uh, you know this one was as well. So, Grant, I'm gonna I'm get you out of here with a, with the last question here. Do you do you now? I mean, I mean, I could say I believe they're going to win a championship, but just kind of watching all the games this season, and, and you've seen a lot. Um, you think they should be the favorites to win the title, or at least the favorites to come out the NFC? Yeah, I, I tweeted a few hours ago. I think they should be considered the favorites, and the only reason I say that they just lost to the Ravens, and the Ravens are great, but I just don't believe in the Ravens. Huh. And it's nothing against them. I just feel like Lamar Jackson, I feel like the ankle injury is going to come just because he's basically, he plays like a running back and running backs get hurt always. And that's why you need a bunch of running backs. So if he can stay healthy the entire 19, 20 games, and he goes into the, the Super Bowl 100% against the Niners, I wouldn't necessarily call the Niners favorites, although I wouldn't count them out either. Right. But I just, I think we're all kind of expecting that the ankle injury or whatever is going to come uh, in the next few weeks and the Niners will be, the, the team to beat. I think they would be favored over the Patriots. The Patriots have no offense. Yeah. The look like they've figured it out on offense. But so my, yeah, it's, it's basically the Niners or the or the or the Ravens or maybe the Seahawks because they they find ways to win these really close games. And it's like, how did you do that? <laughs> By the way, speaking of running backs, how good is Raheem Mostert? I was telling Sam earlier, Tevin Coleman might be the worst running back on the ro- on the roster. I, I know it's strange. I I, I want to give Coleman some credit. Well, not credit, but basically just to say. Maybe it's just because Mostert's fresh. I mean, Coleman mm. and Breida got a lot of carries early in the season. They took a lot of hits, and Mostert didn't. So now they're really mm. – mo- mo- I mean, Coleman in particular has no speed and explosion left that he had just about a month and a half right. ago against Carolina. It's gone. Uh, Mostert has it all. He runs really, really fast. <sighs> and he, he's not the most, like, elusive guy, but he runs hard, and he gets yards after contact, and he can catch passes. Like, he should be their starter. Or if not their starter, their – the guy who gets the most carries the rest of the way until he gets hurt. He, he, he's uh, not saved their season, but he's been such a huge boost. Yeah, just incredible special teamers that ended up being a, a top running back. But uh, Grant Cohn from the uh, Santa Rosa Press Democrat, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on, both of you guys. Take care. Thanks, Grant. That was great. We have open phone lines for the next uh, – for next what 30 40 minutes now yeah. so if you want to if you want to call in and tell us what you thought of the Niners Saints games 888-957-9570 or you can text the Chilton Auto Buy text line 95795 I think for me Sam one of the the bigger things is I mean it's just it's so obvious but Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo really spent all season kind of game managing like he he really definitely the early part right and even in the good games like even against the Packers right you could say you know Jimmy G's good but most average quarterbacks probably win that game you know so it was a great coach game by Kyle Shanahan the defense was on point you're probably gonna win that game with even a decent quarterback and and they paid Jimmy Garoppolo by by the way the uh, the Rams are now up twenty one to three twenty to three pending extra point um. Feels great, baby. <laughs> but you pay Jimmy Garoppolo to to lift that ceiling, to get you from above average to a Super Bowl team. The, the only thing I will say is how many games were actually close going into the fourth quarter this year? He's only had a few opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Steelers game early in the season, but the Steelers are a non-playoff team this year. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're tough, but right. losing Big Ben, they're, they're just kind of toiling there as a tough out. Um and then beyond that, the other two were Seattle against Russell Wilson, who, yep. in my opinion, is, should win the MVP, but it's probably going to Lamar Jackson, who 
also equally deserves it. And the other one was against Lamar Jackson, who probably will win the MVP. Mm-hmm. My point is, um, the only close games he's had were against the elite of the elite, which isn't to say that's where we should measure him. We should be measuring him against those games. But, I mean, do you really want him throwing when they're up, I don't know, 30-7 to seven right, on the right. Bengals? That's just running it up. I mean, right. game managing is kind of what you want in those situations right. anyway. Right. So he, he got presented. That's a great point. He got presented with an opportunity here. Um, he, was C- he was against Seattle, too, but Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle didn't play that game. When Emmanuel Sanders was healthy that game, he was... He was carving up the Seahawks. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's not he's not prime Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be prime Aaron Rodgers, right? He's not going to be. But they don't need him to. Right. And so I think you give him the weapons. You have great coaching, uh, especially on offense around him. And you see that he can go into a dome probably against the best. Like Drew Brees is, like at home, Drew Brees is like, like a top one quarterback of all time, right? On the he's road. Machine. Yeah. On the road, it's a different story. And he played a great game, by the way. They, they let, they had to score 48 to win. Which says it. It's not like Jimmy had to put together one drive to win a game twenty to seventeen. He had to be on all day. Um, I want to. I want to go back to something Grant said. For me, this game was kind of the game which makes me believe he can potentially win a Super Bowl this year. He can be a quarterback that leads a team to a Super Bowl this year. Um, because in the previous games against the upper echelon teams. I mean, how many turnovers did he had against yeah, Seattle? Yeah. Was it three? Yeah. The fumbles. Um, and, you know, the Ravens game, I don't want to throw it away, but, I mean, it was a downpour. It was always going to be hard to throw it. Like, yeah. no one's throwing it well in that game, yeah. right? So we'll kind of give that one as a, you know, they're not really going to – the Super Bowl is not going to be played in a game like that. This was one where he, you know, he was given an opportunity to do the the two minute drill, what everyone likes to judge quarterbacks by. And he came through. <laughs> yeah, um, he had a couple of great plays as well, uh, where he had uh, two stick in my head. Um, it's the plays to me that you make when it's not part of the play call, right? Everybody, the improvisation, not, yeah, the, the, the stuff Russ. that, yeah, the yeah. stuff that Russell Wilson, that Aaron Rodgers used Tom to do, Brady, yeah, like the the great quarterbacks do that stuff with ease. And um, yeah, one where he rode to his left, waited, 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 and then pretty much threw like a sidearm pass to Kendrick Bourne, who, by the way, only catches touchdowns. <laughs> like it's it's crazy. He doesn't catch anything outside of just touchdowns. I think there's a stat where like. 80% of his completions are all for first downs or touchdowns. It's crazy. Um, that was a big one. And then Jimmy G, not known for running, ran for a first down, uh, critical first down in the fourth quarter there. Um, he pulled the Derek Carr where he extended the ball, but uh, but it worked out for him. Derek Carr can run, though. That's, that's the thing, right? Derek Carr is like <laughs> athletic, and it's like you watch Jimmy G run, you're like, Phew. I mean, that kind of does look like Tom Brady, where it's just that's not pretty. <laughs> um, but that is uh, – I, I was impressed. I, I certainly – you never know if he could do it or not, and just seeing that. Well, here just, and here's my other thing. It's not that I don't think he's talented, and it's not that I don't think he can be a Super Bowl quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's a question of this year when you look at the the teams they're going to have to go through. Russell Wilson, he's won a Super Bowl. He's as good a quarterback as there is in the league. Drew Brees, first ballot Hall of Famer. He's won a Super Bowl, right? Uh, if they Aaron get Rogers against, even. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. And then Jimmy, you're talking about a guy who started 23, 24 games. Uh, he's just way less along in his career for you to know how he's going to respond to those situations. And, and I, I'd also argue 
By the way, the Seahawks look terrible today. Um, I'd also argue it's not like Jimmy G is 25 years old now. Like, he is 28 or 29. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, he backed up Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He gets the Niners to start at, what was it, 26? Yeah. And then he tears his ACL. So there's some bad luck there. But end of the day, still hasn't started that many games right. through no fault of his own. But you got to get those reps somehow. Yeah. And he should, like, this should be Jimmy G's peak here for the next, you know, four or five years. Quarterbacks of long peaks. Just You look at Brady. He's 58 years old and he's still, he's still I mean, balling. Russ is 31. Yeah. And he looks fantastic, right? He looks like the best quarterback. Maybe not, maybe not so much tonight, but in general <laughs> this year. Um, so I, I, this was a statement game for a quarterback. I think that needed it. That that needed it. And now they're going to have to play, you know, they're going to play the Rams and the Falcons here. And then a week 17 gamer, Sam, against the Seahawks that I think that's, that's going to decide home field advantage in, in the NFC, right? I, I, like, it's kind of wild. Um, it's insane. Because even if Seattle ends up losing this game, they still own the tiebreaker. So Correct. all they have to do is win that game, same record, home field is theirs. I can't remember the last time uh, teams that were at 12, 13 wins going into the last week had to play it like a playoff game, and that's kind of what we're headed for. And uh, and then the loser, you know, be it Seattle or the Niners, goes into Dallas. You know, maybe Philadelphia. It's like, it's like a partial buy. <laughs> they got to go into Dallas. They, they play a Cowboys team. I, you watch the game, uh, the Thursday night game. That team looks like they've given up. Like they look like they've given up. Jason Garrett looks like I mean, I mean, they, Jason Garrett. I mean, it looks like he's been kind of out of there for the last couple of seasons. He just keeps he just keeps surviving. It's like um, who was a Bengals coach there for a while? Marvin Lewis. Lo- yeah, I was going to say love you, but that, no, yeah, Marvin Lewis. <laughs> Who just kept surviving and just like, he just had a job. It, I, can you imagine the Niners going into Dallas for that, for that wild card I game? Think it just, was, uh, I think it was Colin Cowherd who called them their Mark Jackson. <laughs> um, and to bring it back to the Warriors, I mean, I wonder if this is what the Warriors would have looked like if they just kept Mark Jackson and stuck at that mid-tier winning level and never got over the hump to the point where the players are like, what are we doing here? So a lot of the a lot of the Steve Kerr kind of um, analysis and, and criticism, you know, kind of comes from you. You watch the Warriors be great for so long, so when they struggle a little bit or have like you want to nitpick, Steve Kerr is usually the guy that you go after because you're not going after you know Steph or, or Clay or KD, right? Um, but people forget you're right. Like before Steve Kerr, Mark Jackson was the coach. They're a playoff team, but there really wasn't like they were at their ceiling. You almost felt like um, unless something had to change and they fired him. It wasn't just for, you know, kind of the ceilings. But it wasn't. I mean, more than anything with that Warrior team, it was painfully clear they never had an advantage (laughs) coaching-wise. They would win on talent, on effort, but you'd watch them go against the Spurs and Pop just do all these little things to give his team an edge even when they didn't have a player as talented as Steph Curry. Yeah, and you and and I that's kind of what the Cowboys are these days. Are you like, I mean, Dak Prescott's very talented. Ezekiel Elliott's talented. Amari Cooper's. Ta- I mean, they're stacked, right? And they're just a middle of the road team where you're just like, what are they doing? Got Michael Gallup. He's in there, right? He's good. Uh, they've got might have the best O line in football. Yeah, it's up there. The defense has players. I mean, it just it looks like. It just looks like a team that's quit on their coach. Yeah, maybe you put Kyle Shanahan with that with that team. That would be whew. Shanahan, um, Sean Payton, any of the top coaches. I'm sure they're looking at the, 
I'm sure they're looking at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Sean McVay's looking at it going, man, I could put up 40 a game with those yeah. guys. Yeah, well, you know, to be fair, McVay's also got weapons. He's got he's got a, a bunch of good guys. By the way, it's not even off the record that we know this. Mark Jackson has even said on the record that he wouldn't even prepare for games. Like, he would just not even bother watching film. Like, that was a team that almost beat the Spurs in the second round, if not for, you know, Steph injury, right? Like, they would have pushed that series to seven, probably. With a coach that... I don't even prepare for, for games. So. Old trip down memory lane. <laughs> You're listening to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Warriors World Radio continues on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Forty-five minutes of Niners is what we've what we've done so far today. Are, are we maxing out? Is that the most we have in us? We're peaking. We're like Jimmy G right now. We're peaking. It was great, baby. Yeah. This is this is this is we're good. We're going. Can you smell what the Niners are talking? George Kittle scares me. Uh, he legitimately scares me. There is no player in the NFL who is more of a coach's son than George Kittle. He is a coach's son. Is he? Yes. yes. And is that not the most predictable thing ever? <laughs> I mean, like, his eyes, you know, when you see someone and you're like, the, the, guy, the guy's got crazy eyes or the girl's got crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Yeah, that's a, that's a better example of the crazy eyes. <laughs> Can you imagine lining up across, you know, you're, let's say you're like a, you're a safety or you're a cornerback or you're a linebacker or whatever, you're lining up across George Kittle. And it, it just feels like he's probably just saying something weird like he's probably screaming something where it makes no sense he for sure talks to himself on the line of scrimmage 100 percent. like he does like maybe he, he does really... the michael jordan like making up trash talk yeah yeah and he just and then he comes at you with this there was a there was a uh um when they were cutting to after the game they're cutting to commercial and they had just like a slow-mo of him just kind of just like blowing his mouth and you just see his just he just looks insane man he's, he's like he looks like a serial killer it's just that's what every team needs a few of those guys. Pretty cool. A few of those guys. <laughs> I, uh, are we are we implying that when he when he gets a second phase of his life and he's no longer a football player, he's going to be Steve Ballmer? <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Lacob, even um, he's going to be a fantastic announcer when he retires, though. Um, better does- better than Jason Witten. <laughs> the Witten Monday Night Football experiment. Um, well, you know. So maybe some, maybe some would say that about you and me on radio. <laughs> that is true. Although, hey, text line, Andy, MVP, look at that. Uh, we're getting some love. The win was so bad, they threw him back on the team. They're like, we'd rather just have you run five-yard out routes again instead of, instead of calling games. Keep yeah, that for We're going to let Robo. Jason Garrett call some really uncreative plays for you. <laughs> uh, if you well, want to join the show, 888-957-9570, or you can text the Chilton Autobuy text line, 95795. Let's switch it up, Sam. We are. It is called Warriors World Radio for a reason. For a reason, um, our Warriors right now they won, they won a game, so they're five and nineteen now. But two and zero versus the Bulls. I think this definitively proves the 2017 Warriors were better than '96 Bulls, <laughs> because Glenn Robinson the third just owns Zach Levine. Speaking of coach's son, uh, Glenn Robinson doesn't have crazy eyes. I mean, he's not, he's not, he doesn't got the George Kittle on him. Well, I guess athletes, uh, son, but 
Um, the coach's son thing is is unique to football, though. There's a level of uh, of craziness you have to have in yourself to want to play football. Yeah, it's like you look on the Warriors. Who would be the guy that Draymond Green? Yes, you don't even on, need to come complete. on. I don't, I don't even know why. Yeah, I asked that I, question. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, maybe, maybe Eric Pascal. Nah, nah, no one's even on. It's like Draymond. Then you got to drop a tier before you get to anyone else who can compete at that level. Maybe Clay Thompson. Like Clay's, Clay's a, more of a quiet crazy. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yes. I mean, Steph would be a quarterback, right? He'd be a great quarterback um, if he ever decided to to switch switch careers. You know, pull a pull a MJ, maybe switch it up and play QB for for your Raiders. You know, they look like they need one. They need oh something. God, Derek Carr throwing it away on a fourth and goal. What the hell's going on, man? <laughs> I mean, that's literally the the reaction I had in the moment. I didn't, I didn't even say anything. I was just maybe maybe it's time maybe it's time for everyone to just take it in a different direction. You got eight more years of John Gruden, I believe. I don't. <laughs> Las Vegas does. Yeah, it's gonna be like you can, uh, you can have him. It's gonna be like uh, the Chargers going to L.A. Where it's like, who's gonna go to those games? Is it just gonna be sixteen road games? Or yeah, is it gonna be? 16? I don't know. Raider Raider fans travel hard, but it is hard to imagine. Vegas not being like every opposing teams you know like guys like you're you're Niners fan and maybe with your buddies you're like oh they're playing in New Orleans let's do the guide trip to New Orleans for this game because it's a cool city that's gonna be the Raiders every game in Vegas you know like they play the Denver Broncos Bronco fans could be like let's go to Vegas for the one game there by the way Vegas who thought thought it's a good idea to host a football team in Vegas it's gonna be a problem I mean, can you imagine 10 a.m. games? In Vegas? I don't think they'll play 10 a.m. No. there, but, um, but even, even I'm thinking more from the you're 21. You get drafted in the first <laughs> round. You get millions of dollars. And you're living in Vegas. I mean, I did not have millions of dollars when I was 21, and Vegas was uh, exactly. a dangerous trip. Exactly. I think I had a, maybe a thousand, you know, depending <laughs> on if I get tables or not, uh, and. I, I don't know how that's going to work. Let's reel it back. Let's reel it back. We're, we're talking more years this segment. Uh, we're going up to seven. Uh, we, we can talk about 21-year-old Andy in Vegas <laughs> you know, in, in an hour yeah. when we're trying to close out the show. Yeah, maybe another. <laughs> it's, not, it's not safe for before the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, by the way, the Seahawks are up 21-3 at halftime against the Rams. So uh, we'll, we'll keep updating for those listening. Um, but let, let's talk Warriors um, because this is a team. This is a team that I find this this particularly interesting. The eighth seed in the Western Conference right now is are the Phoenix Suns. Um, they don't even have a winning record. The Western Conference, who everybody expected was supposed to be some type of, you know, incredible. Deepest West ever. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of deep in mediocrity. There's, <laughs> there's like eight teams who are about 500, you know, with good health. Um, how many wins do they have, Sam? Like, who, who, how many wins? You're right. They- the eighth seed currently is the the Phoenix Suns and they are ten and twelve. The Warriors have five wins. Uh, they are five games back in the eight seed. Do uh, the Warriors go for a playoff spot, Sam? Do they? Should they? I don't know. Steph just had a second hand surgery. Uh, this was pre-planned to get the uh, to get what taken out of his hand. What was it to get the uh, pins taken out of his hand? Right. Um, we we're all aware this is a gap year for the Warriors, right? Clay's out for the better part of the year. Steph is out till at least February at the soonest. I would be surprised if we saw Steph before the all-star break. Um, and 
which is to say there'll be 60 games in before Steph comes back. It's, it is what it is. They have a shot at getting a really high pick, and then next year they'll have the core three, D'Angelo Russell, Looney, Eric Paschal, who's looking like a piece, looking like a real player, and that high lotto pick. That's seven players there right there. So I guess my question for you, Andy, is I, I listed seven players who will be on the roster next year. Do you even remember the seven of us? <laughs> uh, you know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, D'Angelo, Russell, Kayvon Looney. That's five, right? Yeah. That's pro- that's what we thought would be their five-man lineup in the playoffs, but the season went off the rails. Yeah. Um, then you got whatever your lotto pick is, and then you also have Eric Paschal. Eric Paschal looks like a really good player. Looks yeah. like he's going to be the rotation. My question for you is, is there anyone else on this year's roster <laughs> that you want to see returning next year? By the way, the text line is popping off saying I gave the wrong score. The Rams are up. I'm just making sure people are paying attention. Ah, the anger. I love the oh, passion. Like seven though. straight texts in a row. I love the passion. Maybe they're you can just call waiting, in. They're maybe just no. waiting to jump you. Yeah, 888-957-9570. Oh, call in. Let me know what the score actually is. You know, help, help a brother out. Um, I, 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 I don't. I don't know because it truly is. I, I don't see Willie Cauley-Stein being back. I think that he has a player option, but ugh. Right, uh, Glenn Robinson, I think, is another guy who who certainly seems like he should be an NBA player. Um, Alec Burks, I don't think, even makes it past the trade deadline. Yeah, Alec Burks looks like a guy who's going to get traded to a contender who wants a, a little microwave score off the bench. Yeah. He's looking for a six-man. You could see, like, Minnesota mm-hmm. or, um, I don't know, maybe the Spurs if they turn it around. Or like the well, he's not coming back to the Jazz, but like you get what I'm saying. One of these teams who's like, I need a guy who can get me ten points in fifteen minutes in the playoffs, and, and that's really what the Warriors are trying to like. They're essentially they're hoping show- to get another pick for him. They're showcasing Alex Burks, which is like, oh, like not really a big deal, but like he's playing point guard. He's not. He's playing okay, but he's had some games where he's had over five assists. Um, and for, from the six five zero, I'll keep Sky Bowman as backup happily. I kind of agree with that. I don't mind Kai Bowman. I think he's an NBA player. Um, at this point, I mean, it's unfair to compare him to Jordan Poole or Jacob Evans, uh, particularly since Jacob Evans played two good games and then probably got hurt. Uh, but Kai Bowman definitely looks like, let's put it this way, Kai Bowman's your fourth guard playing 10 to 15 minutes a game like, I don't know who that bald guy the Lakers fans <laughs> love is. Um, you feel a lot better about him, right? Uh, no, we know it's Alex Caruso, but uh, yeah, because we have to hear it from uh, from all the social media every single day about how great he is. Um, more more noteworthy than Giannis, <laughs> per uh, per some large accounts. But that's a different topic. We digress. This is why the NBA ratings are what they are. This is uh, why they're down. Me- uh, meanwhile, Jimmy Garoppolo, elite quarterback. That's why NFL ratings are up. Um, <laughs> No, I, I'm with you. Um, Kai Bowman is, he, he certainly seems like, he, to me, like, he he's someone that should be on the team next year. He's probably not even going to, he, he's not even going to be allowed to play. I don't know what number he is. He can only play 45. I would be surprised yeah, if he is not offered a full contract once they, I don't know who they're going to trade, but let's say it's Alec Burks. Let's say it's Willie Cauley-Stein. They move one of them to a playoff team for a future pick. He's going to get a deal then. Um, I think the the key here is to uh, ensure that you get a lottery pick because, again, five games away from a playoff uh, spot is pretty funny. Um, if Steph was healthy, you probably probably can get within reach of a playoff seed. But uh, you look at the Lakers, 
right, who's atop of the Western Conference, and you have two guys, their two best players, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who essentially didn't play last season. They took a gap year. Now, why Anthony Davis is taking a gap year when he's in his prime, you tell me. LeBron, it makes more sense. This is why the ratings are down. <laughs> uh, but look how fantastic the Lakers look um, because of that. So if you're the Warriors, I essentially just copy that and you do the same thing. There's no reason to push this, you know, to, to battle for a playoff seed. And you kind of just see what you have with the players you have right now. What about Omari Spellman? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.